0: Chapter 9 of the Papers. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. He was coming in as they came out, and his, I hoped I might find you, an exhalation of cool candour that they took full in the face, had the effect the next moment of a great soft carpet, all flowers and figures, suddenly unrolled for them to walk upon, and before which they felt a scruple. Their ejaculation, Maud was conscious, couldn't have passed for a welcome and it was until she saw the poor gentlemen checked a little in turn by their blankness that she fully perceived how interesting they had just become to themselves his face however while in their arrest they neither proposed to re-enter the shop with him nor invited him to proceed with them anywhere else his face gaping there for bite's promised instructions like a fair receptacle shallow but with all the capacity of its flatness brought back so to our young woman the fond fancy her companion had last excited in him that he profited just a little and for sympathy in spite of his folly by her sense that with her too the latter had somehow amused himself this placed her for the brief instant in a strange fellowship with their visitor's plea under the impulse of which without more thought she had turned to bite your eager claimant, she, however, simply said, for the opportunity now so beautifully created. I ventured, Mr. Marshall glowed back, to come and remind you that the hours are fleeting. Byte had surveyed him with eyes perhaps equivocal. You're afraid someone else will step in? Well, with a place so tempting and so empty. Maud made herself again his voice. Uh, mr marshall sees it empty itself perhaps too fast he acknowledged in his large bright way the help afforded him by her easy lightness i do want to get in you know before anything happens and what bite inquired are you afraid may happen well to make sure he smiled i want myself don't you see to happen first our young woman at this fairly fell for her friend into his sweetness do let him happen do let me happen mr marshall followed it up they stood there together where they had paused in their strange council of three and their extraordinary tone in connection with their number might have marked them for some passer catching it as persons not only discussing questions supposedly reserved for the fates but absolutely enacting some encounter of these portentous forces let you let you White gravely echoed, while on the sound for the moment immensities might have hung. It was as far, however, as he was to have time to speak, for even while his voice was in the air, another, at first remote and vague, joined it there on an ominous note, and hushed all else to stillness. It came through the roar of thoroughfares, from the direction of Fleet Street, and it made our interlocutors exchange an altered look they recognised it the next thing as the howl again of the strand and then but an instant elapsed before it flared into the night return of beetle muffet tremendous sensation tremendous indeed so tremendous that each really turning as pale with it as they had turned on the same spot the other time and with other news They stood long enough stricken, and still, for the cry, multiplied in a flash again to reach them. They couldn't have said afterwards who first took it up. Return? From the dead, I say, poor Marshall piercingly quavered. Then he hasn't been? Maud gasped it with him at bite. But that genius clearly was not less deeply affected. He's alive, he breathed, in a long, soft wail, in which admiration appeared at first to contend with amazement, and then the sense of the comic to triumph over both. Howard Byte, uncontrollably, it might have struck them as almost hysterically, laughed. The others could indeed but stare. Then who's dead? piped Mortimer Marshall. I'm afraid, Mr. Marshall, that you are, the young man returned more gravely after a minute he spoke as if he saw how dead poor marshall was lost but somebody was killed someone undoubtedly was but beadle somehow has survived it has he then been playing the game it baffled comprehension yet it wasn't even that what Maud most wondered have you all the while really known she asked of howard bite he met it with a look that puzzled her for the instant BUT THAT SHE THEN SAW TO MEAN, HALF WITH AMUSEMENT, HALF WITH SADNESS, THAT HIS GENIUS WAS, AFTER ALL, SIMPLER. I WISH I HAD. I REALLY BELIEVED. ALL ALONG? NO, BUT AFTER FRANKFORT. SHE REMEMBERED THINGS. YOU HAVEN'T HAD A NOTION THIS EVENING? ONLY FROM THE STATE OF MY NERVES. YES, YOUR NERVES MUST BE IN A STATE. AND SOMEHOW NOW SHE HAD NO PITY FOR HIM. It was almost as if she were frankly disappointed. I, she then boldly said, didn't believe. If you had mentioned that, then, Marshall observed to her, you would have saved me an awkwardness. But Byte took him up. She did believe, so that she might punish me. Punish you? Maud raised her hand at her friend. He doesn't understand. He was indeed, Mr. Marshall, fully pathetic now no i don't understand not a wee bit well said Byte. kindly we none of us do we must give it up you think i really must you sir bite smiled most of all the places seem so taken his client however clung he won't die again if he does he'll come again to life he'll never die only we shall die he's immortal he looked up and down this inquirer he listened to the howl of the strand not yet as happened brought nearer to them by one of the hawkers and yet it was as if overwhelmed by his lost chance he knew himself too weak even for their fond aid he still therefore appealed will this be a boom for him his return colossal for fancy it was exactly what we talked of you remember the other day as the ideal i mean bite smiled for a man to be lost, and yet at the same time? To be found? Poor Marshall, too hungrily mused. To be boomed, Byte continued, by his smash, And yet never to have been too smashed To know how he was booming. It was wonderful for Maud, too. To have given it all up, and yet to have it all? Oh, better than that, said her friend, To have more than all, and more than you gave up. Beadle! he was careful to explain to their companion will have more mr marshall struggled with it more than if he were dead more bite laughed than if he weren't it's what you would have liked as i understand you isn't it and what you would have got it's what i would have helped you to but who then wailed marshall helps him nobody his star his genius mortimer marshall glared about him as for some sign of such age in his own sphere. It embraced his own sphere, too, the roaring strand. Yet mystification and madness. It was with Beadle the strand was roaring. A hawker, from afar, at sight of the group, was already scaling the slope. Ah, but how the devil? Bide pointed to this resource. Go and see. But don't you want them? poor Marshall asked as the others retreated the papers they stopped to answer no never again we're done with them we give it up i mayn't again see you dismay and a last clutch were in marshall's face but maud who had taken her friend's meaning in a flash found the word to meet them we retire from business with which they turned again to move in the other sense presenting their backs to fleet street they moved together up the rest of the hill going on in silence not arrested by another little shrieking boy, not diverted by another extra-special, not pausing again till, at the end of a few minutes, they found themselves in the comparative solitude of Covent Garden, encumbered with the traces of its traffic, but now given over to peace. The howl of the Strand had ceased, their client had vanished for ever, and from the centre of the empty space they could look up and see stars one of these was of course beadle muffets and the consciousness of that for the moment kept down any arrogance of triumph he still hung above them he ruled immortal the night they were far beneath and he now transcended their world but a sense of relief of escape of the light still unquenched of their old irony made them stand there face to face There was more between them now than there had ever been, but it had ceased to separate them. It sustained them, in fact, like a deep water on which they floated closer. Still, however, there was something Maud needed. It had been all the while worked? Ah, not before God, since I lost sight of him by me. Then by himself? I dare say, but there are plenty for him. He's beyond me. But you thought, she said, it would be so. You thought she declared something. Byte hesitated. I thought it would be great if he could, and as he could, why, it is great. But all the same, I too was sold, I am sold, that's why I give up. Then it's why I do. We must do something, she smiled at him, that requires less cleverness. We must love each other, said Howard Byte. But can we live by that? He thought again, then he decided, yes. Ah, Maud amended, we must be literary. we've now got stuff. For the dear old ply, for the rattling good tile, ah, they take better stuff than this, though this too is good. Yes, she granted on reflection, this is good, but it has bad holes. Who was the dead man in the locked hotel room? Oh, I don't mean that. That said, Byte, he'll splendidly explain. But how? Why, in the papers tomorrow. Maud wondered, So soon? If he returns tonight, and it's not yet ten o'clock, there's plenty of time. It will be in all of them, while the universe waits. He'll hold us in the hollow of his hand. His chance is just there. And there, said the young man, will be his greatness. Greater than ever, then? quadrupled she followed then it made her seize his arm go to him bite frowned go this instant you explain he understood but only to shake his head never again i bow to him well she after a little understood but she thought again you mean that the great hole is that he really had no reason no funk i've wondered said howard bite whether he had done anything to make publicity embarrassing. "'I've wondered,' the young man repeated. "'But I thought you knew.' "'So did I. But I thought also I knew he was dead. However,' Byte added, "'he'll explain that too.' "'Tomorrow?' "'No, as a different branch. Say, day after.' "'Ah, then,' said Maud, "'if he explains.' "'There's no hole? I don't know.' And it forced from him at last a sigh. He was impatient of it, for he had done much with it. It would soon bore him. So fast they lived. It will take, he only dropped, much explaining. His detachment was logical, but she looked a moment at his sudden weariness. There's always remember Mrs. Chorner. Oh, yes, Mrs. Chorner. We luckily invented her. Well, if she drove him to his death? Bite with a laugh caught at it is that it did she drive him it pulled her up and though she smiled they stood again a little as on their guard now at any rate Maud simply said at last she'll marry him so you see how right i was with a preoccupation that had grown in him however he had already lost the thread how right not to sell my talk oh yes he remembered quite right but it all came to something else. "'Who will you marry?' She only, at first for answer, kept her eyes on him. Then she turned them about the place and saw no hindrance, and then further, bending with a tenderness in which she felt so transformed, so won to something she had never been before, that she might even to other eyes well have looked so, she gravely kissed him. After which, as he took her arm, they walked on together. That, at least, she said, will put in the papers End of Chapter nine End of the Papers by Henry James read by Nicholas Clifford Middlebury, Vermont